Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Food Network, this is Cooked and Booked, the podcast where food and true crime get blitzed, blended, and baked into one deliciously dangerous dish. So he is blowing the lid off. Tearing the roof off the sucker, okay? 100%. (laughs) It still sounds all very fishy. It's super fishy. (laughs) He's saying more than a third of the three-star restaurants are actually not even up to snuff. That's why I look at the Instagram comments. Yeah. (laughs) I'm Sunny Anderson, Food Network host and true crime aficionado. And I'm bringing you true stories of scams, heists, and criminal capers with a tasty twist. This week, they say loose lips sink ships, but can they also knock down a pillar of fine dining? Nearly 20 years ago, an inspector for the famous Michelin Guide went rogue. Some say we're still dealing with the fallout. It's time to talk about the secrets of a Michelin Guide reviewer. Now, let's chew on this. And a content warning, near the end of the show, this episode does include discussion of clinical depression and suicide. Listener discretion is advised. Joining me is television host and fashion designer, Nina Parker. Hey again, Nina. What's up, girl? Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm just loving this whole cooked and booked chat fest. Me too. And inviting you along for these crazy capers and stories is a joy. Let's get into this. I can't wait. Listen, now, you try new restaurants all the time. You live out in L.A., and I know you travel the world. I am a foodie, okay? Finding new restaurants is my thing. How do you find your new restaurants? Like, what is your strategy? 
I have a couple strategies. Some is just driving in the neighborhoods and taking a look at new venues, especially in L.A. Restaurants are getting revamped like every couple of years. I'm a, I'm a big lurker on social media, so I'm always looking for like the new, you know, people are always posting, you know, new secret spots and new bars and, and things like that. So I kind of do a mix of in-person and social media searching and find some good spots. So is the Michelin Guide in your orbit at all? Have you ever had a Michelin-starred restaurant meal? I'm a classy lady, Sunny. Of course I've had yes, a Michelin meal. Yes. How dare you? No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm but, sorry. I, you know, it is, but it's not like, it's not a requirement. It's always a treat. Sometimes there have been accidental, like I've stumbled, a, uh, I stay at a hotel that I love in New York, and it has a Michelin star restaurant inside. Um, and that was just by chance. So I'm able to frequent this place a lot. It's become one of my faves in New York. Ooh, name um, drop it. Say it. Oh, the vestry. <gasps> oh, yes. I've I heard. love the vestry. And they change their menu a lot. Their drinks are amazing. It's a wonderful space. It's very small. And my first time there, I had no idea it was a Michelin restaurant. Um, and after eating there, I know why. But I love them. Um, and they always look out when I'm in New York. Now, you know, I love to eat, too. I like to tell people I get it that I cook for a living for most. But for me, it's just really about the eating. So I've done some Michelin Guide I know you restaurants. have, restaurants. <laughs> listen, I, I like everything from fast food, fast casual, all the way up to Same. I got to put an outfit on and I got to look cute. Same. I don't know a lot about it, though. So I'm really excited about this because I don't really know... I know what it is, but as a just a general consumer, it, to me, it just is like something really... It means this is going to be great fine dining, but I don't really know much more about that. I can't wait to then give you the nuts and bolts of this whole Michelin Guide okay, reviewer story wait. because now you're going to know... It's gonna. This is to me. This is cocktail party chat. You know. Did you know? Okay. Did you know about this? <laughs> right. So let's yes. get into the history. Do you know how the Michelin Guide actually came about? No idea. Okay. So it's not a coincidence that this guide has the same name as the tire company. See, I thought it was a coincidence. I had no idea that this was connected. It's very connected. So the evolution is actually pretty wild. Michelin's a French company, and the guide first started way back in the year 1900 when there's only like 3,000 cars on the road in all of France, okay? Mm. In all of France. So the Michelin brothers, Edouard and André, published mm. this free guide. And at first, it's just general car travel info, maps, a list of hotels, car repair shops. Oh, wow. So it's like a travel guide. Yeah, it's a travel guide. Okay. They want you to know, okay. you know, where, where to go, you know, where to stay. If your car breaks down, you've only got 3,000 on the road. So, you know, here's a few car repair shops. They're really trying to super serve the audience that is buying their tires. Okay. Okay. Well, how kind of them. Very kind. So <laughs> it just starts with the hope to get more people driving and increase the demand for tires. But somehow, we have to get from tires to the pinnacle of fine dining, right? I don't know how you're going to connect these dots, but I'm excited to hear. Well, we're going to connect them, okay? Because by the <laughs> 1920s, the guide started to include restaurants as well. It makes sense, mm -hmm. right? While you're mm -hmm. getting your petrol and you're stopping for a night at the roadside hotel, they suggested, here's a few spots you can hit for dinner, right? I love I love the word petrol. Right. Because well, we're because we're over there. <laughs> yeah, oh so, oh, so you gotta class it up a little. I'm yeah, trying. I got I'm it. doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in the mid-1920s, they start adding a star to the good fine dining places like, hey, check mm. this place out. 
All right? Here we go. Mm -hmm. The nuts and bolts. And they start ranking, right? So then a few years later, they create the hierarchy of one, two, and three stars. And by 1936, they've got official criteria for each level. Do you know that there are, like, actual descriptions for each level? One, two, and so three. So I didn't know there were levels. I just thought it was either a Michelin star restaurant or not. I had no idea there was one or two or three stars. I just thought you had one or you didn't. Yep. So so one star is a very good restaurant in its category. Okay. Two stars is excellent cooking worth a detour. So kind of imagine you're just tooling around okay. and you're one out right. of 3,000 cars. And this is a good—we're going to get off the highway and travel sure. to this one. It's good enough to stop. Mm-hmm. And three stars is exceptional cuisine worth a special journey. Wow. Now, okay. Now, there's very much an emphasis on the travel, obviously. Like, yeah, you should work this place into your road trip. This is okay. why they're telling you this, for the Michelin people that are reading the Michelin Guide, because tires— Now, can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does this tier still exist to this day? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Okay, One, wow, two, or okay. three. And people brag about it, you know, just to even get on the list is, is wow. And, and, and mm-hmm. uh, as I continue to tell the story, you'll see how hard it is to even okay. get rated. But now we're going to jump all the way forward to 2004. It's February, and Pascal Remy, a 16-year Michelin inspector, has some things he'd like to get off his chest. Okay. And, and just note, Michelin didn't release its first guide in America until 2005. So at this point, it's still a European-only institution. Mm. Uh, But it's a prestigious one. The LA Times called it the Bible of French gastronomy. Mm, Wow. So, you you know, we already know if you call something the Bible, you really can't mess with it. Yeah, you better be serious. All right, so to get a full sense of the story and Pascal's place in all of this, let's talk just for a second about Michelin inspectors. They're anonymous. Okay. okay. So they do not have a they do not have an Instagram page with no. Michelin inspector in their bio. They might have a Finsta, they might have something, <laughs> but we are not gonna find out who they are. Is that okay. something I'd want to brag about? Well, so hmm, foreshadowing. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh oh. And and this is not like hush hush, we're gonna wear a different wig to the restaurant. You know, this is like <laughs> CIA witness protection anonymous vibes. Oh man. Yeah. They're told not to even tell their parents what they do for wow. fear that mom and dad might start boasting. Okay. Yeah. Well you know your parents are a hundred percent going to brag about you. Yeah. My parents brag about everything. I can't tell them anything before I can announce it because they'll just they'll tell they'll tell my aunts and then it ends up on Facebook. Meanwhile, I got my phone on Do Not Disturb. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, this is just letting you know, right? Like when you have someone that's supposed to be CIA type secret, yeah. they literally are telling I mean, them, "Don't tell your friends, your family, or okay. anything, anyone what you do business. for a job." Yeah. So according uh, to Pascal, this reviewer. Um, Despite the perk of eating at some of the best restaurants in Europe, Michelin guides are severely overworked and underpaid. So he's got an axe to grind. Oh, okay. So this is not this glamorous job. He's saying this does not look like how you think it would look. Yeah, but then I know some people that would like, you don't even have to pay me. Just get me there and give me free food because I can write it off and I'd take it. But, you know, Pascal has problems. So back to 2004, the new Michelin Guide for that year had just been released, but that buzz gets hijacked because Pascal gives some interviews to a prominent French newspaper and magazine Mm. with some very particular claims. So he is blowing the lid off. Tearing the roof off the sucker, okay? (laughs) 
100%. So he claims Michelin only hired five inspectors to review more than 10,000 restaurants in France wow. in 2002 and 2003. How is that possible? I, yeah, the math isn't mathing. I'm trying to figure out, like, first of all, is there a healthcare program here? Do we get an automatic a thousand percent. like gym membership? Like, I was gonna say you got to give me a credit card and a treadmill. Yeah, hello. <laughs> I gotta do <laughs> like if we do the math, this is this is a complete like they have to go out every day, multiple times a day, yeah. to meet this quota. Your palate is shot. I can only do one fancy meal per year, okay? <laughs> They're so rich. It is. It's so rich. Yeah. Like, there, I mean, he's having duck fat with everything. Yeah, it's just crazy out there. So, um, and he also complains that the actual inspectors are paid the same as primary school teachers. So he feels that Ooh. they should be paid more than school teachers. Well, now, now, this is where you've lost me because... Mm-hmm. Talk to me. You you can't you can't underpay me. I can't tell anybody about it. And I have to basically make this my whole livelihood. I'm not it sounds like they're not even getting days off. Oh, see, I thought no wonder he's upset. I thought you were offended that he thought he should get paid more than teachers, because I feel like teachers don't get paid enough. So please well, don't bring the teachers right. into this. Right. You know they didn't I mean? ask. They, I don't know why they're entering the group chat, but well, we should be paying the teachers. Everybody should be getting paid more in general. Yeah, that's true. But for sure, you know, of course for the teachers. But also, it just seems like this is a position that they would be paying you, you know, compensating you pretty well. Yeah. So I'm shocked. I'm very shocked. Okay, so another claim from Pascal is many restaurants aren't even visited every year, and yet there's a new guide with new ratings Mm. every year. See, this is making me sad because now it's like we've pulled the curtain back and Mm -hmm. things just don't mean what we think they mean. Oh, the list goes on, Nina. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. So Pascal was spilling major tea. Mm -hmm. He says some restaurants are, quote, untouchable. Uh, He did not name names here, but said Mm. some places are so venerated that they're not going to be demoted from three stars, even if they perhaps don't deserve that ranking Mm. anymore. So basically, he's saying once you have it, you'll probably keep it. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Okay. That's what he alleges. So, you know, now we've got to take this with a grain of salt if what he's saying is true. Now, obviously, we don't know if this is actually true. This is just from his own account. But if it is, shocking. Yeah, and he he doubles down on that. And he says, well, I should say triples down because he's saying more than a third of the three-star restaurants are actually not even up to snuff. That's why I look at the Instagram comments. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see the photos. I don't know why, but I use Instagram like a food Google. Like, if I want to go to a restaurant, I I need to see the photos y'all are posting. I need to see the comments, honey, on what this page is saying, because that's where you're going to get the real tea. You know, forget this Michelin, honey. What does IG say? Okay. Right. So this obviously causes a real stir in France, not just because of the allegations. Uh, Before this, no Michelin inspector had ever spoken out publicly, even to say something positive, much less to criticize. Wow. So he really broke a code. He really did break the bro code. He really did. Now, remember, these inspections have been going on since the 1920s and 30s. So this is scandal. This is... Well, I will say, I will say, you know, if you are, if you do feel like you are getting paid what you're worth, 
you have a right to speak out about it. And just because nobody has said anything before doesn't mean you can't say anything now. We are in a different time. And if they are being underpaid, it is. It, I think he should have spoken up. It's interesting, though, because it, when you're in a secret society and all they ask is trust, you know, <laughs> you like that, Jay-Z. Um, yeah. How do you then complain publicly without messing up the whole secrecy of it all? It's it's almost like well, they've got you. Well, the thing is, is obviously you are no longer in the secret society. It moves on without you. But <laughs> right. I think he knew once he said something that that would be the end of his relationship with Michelin. But yeah. I am kind of glad he said something because we we do hold it in high regard. And like most things, you know, we, we see, look, I say we see these perfect marriages on Instagram until the divorce announcement comes out, right? And then we say we never saw a problem. So we we get fooled a lot. We do. We do. You know? Yeah, it's a lot so of smoke and mirrors. I like the realness of it all, and it still will matter to me, but I, I do like that. It, okay, maybe I take this with a grain of salt now. Well, <laughs> I like your pun. But now, um, <laughs> when this news all comes out and, you know, Pascal gets real, then obviously Michelin has to do the damage control on this. Mm-hmm. So um, Derek Brown, the editor at the time for the French Michelin Guide, talks to Reuters and denies most of the accusations. He says there are more than five inspectors for France, uh, but he wouldn't say exactly how many, just that there were a hundred for all of Europe. Okay, I mean, I still feel like that's not a lot. I agree. Yeah, I still want more. Well, even if it's a hundred and there's, what did you say, it was 10,000 restaurants? Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, and that's, that's just still... in France. That I mean, right? That's that's not yeah. all of Europe. So that's a that's still you know I don't think that's enough. It's a lot. It's a lot of work. Still sounds for just like a they're few they're working a lot. Yeah, I don't know if this guy is this. He's not helping the cause. Yeah. So so uh, when he does this uh, interview with and he gives the quotes to Reuters, he does admit that Pascal was right about one point. The annual inspections, he says, quote. We have never said that we visit every hotel and every restaurant every year. We put the Mm. inspectors at the time. We need them in the right place, end quote. Well, there's just no way if you only have, listen, we're going to say anywhere between 5 and 100, right? (laughs) Okay. You have 5 to 100 inspectors and thousands and and more than 10,000 restaurants to visit, I would assume, especially now. Uh, there's just no way that they can cover that ground. It, it's not going to be an every year process. They just can't possibly do that. They probably get one off the checklist and never go back. You know, the interesting thing about this is, is like if you bring up four claims and then someone does the interview and says mm-hmm. three are wrong, but this one is right, it makes me question mm-hmm. the other three, to be honest with you, especially since he was being kind of evasive about the exact amount of inspectors they have. But it is interesting, though, because if you tell me four truths and I come back and say, well, you know, listen, this one was wrong. I might be more inclined to say, well, he agreed that at least one was right. So it's, right. It, it's interesting. You know, I, I don't know. It still sounds all very fishy. It's to super me. fishy. <laughs> so uh, you may be wondering in regards to spilling the beans and the tea, wasn't he afraid of being fired? I don't think he cares at this point. Oh, well, spoiler alert, he wasn't afraid of losing his job because he'd already been fired. Well, I was going to say, this does not sound like someone who wants to stay. Yeah. So a few months previous, um, at the end of 2003, Pascal was let go, according to him, because he let his bosses know, hey, I've been keeping journals over all my years as inspector, and I want to publish a book based on those diaries. (laughs) 
Well, what did Pastor, how did he think this was going to end up? You can't go to your boss and say, hey, I, I want to tell all the secrets and, and make a profit off of it. Are you cool with that? Obviously, they're going to say no. Yeah, you got to wait until you're gone. You know, like I say, you got you can't ask for permission. You better ask for forgiveness. Hello. Okay. So uh, remember Derek Brown? He was speaking to Reuters, the Michelin editor. He says, right. uh, no, that's not how it happened. Pascal was fired because he demanded a large cash payment for not publishing his book, basically trying oh. to leverage Michelin's policy of secrecy into a payday. Sounds like extortion. That's what I was going to say. This sounds like the, an extortion plot to me. Mm-hmm. Tomato, tomato, am I right? I'm going to write a, you know, a book on all your secrets unless you pay me more. Oh. I mean, he, he could have just asked for a raise. I mean, either way, he didn't leave on good terms. It was real dicey. Yes, this does not sound like uh, they had a positive relationship in the end. Yeah, that's why he was ready to blow the lid off this thing. Not ready. He did it. <laughs> mm-hmm, he sure did. We'll chew on that next. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry? Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So after all that, Pascal's book did come out that very same year, 2004. Mm. The title of the book translated is... The inspector sits down at the table. I don't like that title, though. That was kind of an underwhelming title, Pascal. Well, you know, it was translated. It was probably a lot, you know, more flourishing when it was in right. French. Right, it sounds know? better. Like, he needs an English translation that's a little yeah. snappier. I need, I need drama. 
I do want drama. I want intrigue. I want fire. I want... Yes. He should have just hired someone from the New York Post that does those headlines, because those headlines, right. honey, are crazy. <laughs> or some meme masters. You get somebody from TMZ. Hello. Get, hey. Get a little snappier headline in here, honey. This is... this is. Have you heard of clickbait, Pascal? Hello. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting on Cooked and Booked with Nina Parker. You might remember her from TMZ. <laughs> As a reporter there. <laughs> so, all right. So, the book that he writes, obviously, it describes the life of a Michelin inspector as one that's pretty lonely with a lot of unpaid drudgery. He says mm-hmm. he spends weeks driving around the French countryside, eating alone, facing this intense pressure to file reports. Wait a minute now. That sounds like paradise to me. I'm driving around on the French countryside eating for free. And the intense pressure to file reports. Have you, you go on vacation. I do know the intense feeling of I must share. I must tell people what I just ate. Have you ever tried to make an Instagram reel from your vacation? That is work. It's hard. I have like a (laughs) hundred photos and videos from Oktoberfest right now, honey. I don't know how to whittle it down. I feel like. That's pressure. (laughs) What am I supposed to do? I'm going to just post a photo of a picture of me in a dirndl and say, I have had a great time. You got to do a picture carousel. Just yeah. Got, that's the easiest thing to do. Like do 10 photos? Up. Is that what right. it is? Like Just, to drop yep, 10? that's a carousel. hmm Yeah, and you got to put a quote in there. And you call it a day. Okay. So apparently this book is just all the rage. And it sits way up there on the nonfiction bestseller list in France for months. All right. So it does well. Yeah. It does very okay. well. Yeah, people love okay. this kind. We want, we pull back the curtain. We want to know what's going on with this Michelin stuff. See, this is the thing, Sunny. No matter what genre, if you're talking about food, relationships, people love drama. People love secrets. People love peeling back the curtain. It doesn't matter what it's about. If they get a little inside information, it's going to do well. I agree. But then I'm the weird person where when I feel like it's a caddy book, like, I want to read it, but I don't want to mm-hmm. buy it. So I want to gotcha. either go to the library and find it, or I will ask a friend if they have it and Why? borrow the Why? Why don't you want to buy it? Yeah, because I don't want to put money in the caddy person's pocket. I'm just stupid like oh, that. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. so you don't want to support the cattiness, but yeah. you like it. Exactly. That's wrong. Okay, that's right? like a, you're like a book lurker. <laughs> I am. I Not am. an Instagram lurker, but you like to lurk the books. <laughs> I am, I am, I do, I do. I, I need to well, reckon gonna with that. Well, we're going to lurk Pascal's book next, because yeah. I am, I am, I'm not going to lie, I'm interested to read it. Well, you know, the crazy thing is, is he wasn't even, after the book, he wasn't done with Michelin, okay? Oh, oh, so he has a vendetta now. Honey, hello. He took the company to court, claiming he was wrongly fired. Oh. hmm He didn't just want to call it. He didn't just want to say, look, I'm going to spill the secrets. I'm going to make money off this book. Y'all fired me. Let's call it even. Yeah, he can't get his job back. It's not like he's going right. to, you know, convince them, hire me back. Uh, he's completely blown his cover, so he can't be an right. inspector anymore. So I, I really don't know what the end game here is, but maybe he thinks he can get money out of him. I'm not sure I would have done the court thing only because the book was successful. Um, and, you know, now you're kind of high you're on life. Yeah. Yeah. I would move on, right? Like, I would yeah, want to leave all too. that in the past. So in December of 2004, a French court actually rules that Michelin was within its rights to fire oh. Pascal after he threatened to publish company secrets. Wow. And he was actually ordered to pay 2,000 euros in damages, which is about 1,300 U.S. dollars at the time. So he hmm. ended up paying. Well, 
at least it wasn't a ton of money, but still, you know, having to pay anything has to be a little a heartbreaking just because you feel like you were done wrong, you were you were fired, and now having to pay the person who fires you is a different kind of stress. He did get a, a teeny weeny reprieve from, you know, all the consequences because the court did dismiss Michelin's demand that the former inspector pay them 100,000 euros for denigrating the company's name. Okay. So... Um, that's where we leave our gourmet gabber, Pascal Rami, or Rami, <laughs> if you want to say it French. The Real Housewives of Michelin. Yeah, so, so, the question, drama. do you think that Michelin stars still matter? Well, I, I think they still matter to the public for sure. You know, but I think it's like anything, when you get more information on something, you can make a well-informed opinion. And I will say now, I mean, I always take a chance on places, even if the reviews aren't great. I still, if I have a curiosity about it, I'm still going to look it out. But I will say it's not it's not going to hold the same weight for me after hearing this story. But yeah. I still will obviously take it into great consideration. But, you know... My palate is different than other people's, so you know I may not. It may not matter in, in general anyway. Yeah, so yeah, that that's how I feel. Like especially when people, you know, they put those memes up, like you know, of four things, drop one of these forever. I'm like, oh no, y'all didn't. You know, I'm right, not gonna go with right. the flow just because y'all think that this one company's gotta go or whatever. We'll start our own guide, Sunny, with our own stars. We should, right? We will. Yeah. yeah. And it would, it would have, like, the proper things. Like, I need to know what the bathroom looks like at a place. Like, don't <laughs> yes. just tell me about the food. What is the, what's going on in the bathroom? Do you have a seat cover in your bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, so the crazy thing about these ratings, obviously, is these businesses, it's not about just getting the star. It's like, how do you keep the star? It's a whole lot of pressure. Mm. And uh, we mostly keep things light and airy over here, but if we can get serious for a sec, Uh-oh. the pressure gets real. Almost exactly a year before Pascal went public, there was another scandal in the Michelin world, a really sad and serious one. Are you at all familiar with the chef Bernard Loiseau? I'm not. Okay, so chef Bernard Loiseau, he was a hugely renowned French chef. Um, And his life's goal was to become a three-star Michelin chef, Mm. right? You want to get to the tizzy top. So he got it in 1991, 17 years after opening Mm. his restaurant. So it was a long journey of him getting this recognition. Uh, But then the real pressure sets in, right? So to maintain the three stars, even though Pascal was like, once you got it, you can keep it. You don't know that because you you don't know how the system works. You just know you've got the three stars and you want to hold on to it. It increases your revenue amongst Mm -hmm. your peers. You're looking like the big man on campus. So, you know, he keeps all his stars for more than a decade. Okay. Right? And then in 2002, word on the street is that he's losing ground. And there are newer, cooler kids on the culinary scene, and he's in a lot of debt. Mm. Uh, Then a famous French food writer publishes a piece that says the famous chef is perhaps in danger of losing his Michelin star. it's always someone who doesn't even know how to toast bread. Yeah. Who's telling somebody that what they can and can't do. But also, like, just, it's, it, that's not even real. Like, saying he's losing ground. You just made this up. That part. Um, So Loiseau, actually, he suffered from clinical depression. And this whole reporting about him possibly losing a star sends him into a spiral. No. Now we got to know. I hate to hear that. 
At this point, he hadn't actually lost a star, and the food writer didn't work for Michelin. And then when the next Michelin Guide comes out in February 2003, Chef Bernard's still on it, along with his three stars. This guy didn't know what he was talking about, was just needed a story to write. And this poor chef is stressed out. This is why, you know, there's someone who gave me advice a long time ago that says you can't believe all of the love and you can't believe all of the hate. 100%. You know, so, and the crazy thing is that food writer was not done. He wrote another piece. No. Yeah. And said that Loiseau and his third star were, quote, living on borrowed time. Oh, gosh. He said that. This guy must have had an axe to grind because what what is his problem? Two and a half weeks later, Loiseau died by suicide. No. He was 52. Oh, no. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. Awful. Unbelievable. Right? Awful. So obviously, you know, this was a sad and and really complicated situation with a lot of different things at play, but it's certainly all part of this pressure cooker environment Mm -hmm. that is being a, you know, world-renowned chef and the Michelin Mm. stars. You know, stress is just a part of the business when it's your art. Yeah. And then you decide to turn your art into commerce, and then people have the right to tell you daily if they like your art or not. Um, I could imagine just how that would feel. Yeah, and then you just hold, it's your life. You hold it in such high regard. You know, as a person who's not in the industry, when I watch a show like The Bear and I see, you know, the high stress in the kitchen, was it's just not anything as a, as a patron that you think about. You don't think about the prep. You don't think about developing a menu or, you know, the the long hours it takes to get things or where you're sourcing the food from. You just want to have a good meal. And yeah. so I think it was it's good to see. It was I really love that show because, you know, I I've, I've heard from a lot of people that a lot of that stress is accurate because you just can't imagine that it would be that crazy. But I have to tell you, when it came to food, it's really why I made a decision in my life. I was like, you know, I like to cook Cook, but I don't know if I want to mm-hmm. be a chefy chef in a kitchen, you know, mm. with people screaming and me yelling. Mm-hmm. And I'd already done the military, so I was like, let me just cater. I'll be in my own little kitchen by myself, you know, right. with my own menu, and I'll, I'll make it work. And and it worked out, it, thankfully. It all I has a time it. limit, you know. That that kind of stress in anything, yeah. I think you have to figure out how you're gonna. I think you have to grow and expand, right? So I think you know, while these Michelin is great. It's still just something people decided to make up. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not re- nothing of none of these rules are really real. So I think it's like these things are great to have, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's all made up. Wait, I, so I got a question. I just thought, um, sure. So what about you? Because you you've done a lot. You have any yeah. plans to write like a juicy tell-all about I'm, fashion or entertainment? I, I might. I might have oh. a little. I might have a little something I'm working on. <laughs> So, you know, I've been in the business for a really long time, and I've helped break some really huge entertainment news stories of our generation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I was a part of breaking the death of Michael Jackson. Like, there are some really key moments in pop culture history that I've been a part of. Um, that I haven't talked about. So I think, you know, there's an opportunity to tell these stories, absolutely. Mm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. My own Michelin Guide T. I promise I will I will actually buy this book. I won't library look for it yeah, or borrow it from not, a friend. If I do a book, you better not I'm sorry. go read it and not, you got no, to buy it. I'm I will. send you one, but 
No, I will buy it just like now how you will send me clothes from Nina Parker at Macy's, yes. but I will still go online and purchase them and buy them. So, honey, you don't have to worry about me supporting you. I'm so thankful you hang out yes, with us. You're the biggest supporter. Book. I appreciate you. I, I, I have to say I love this story. This was, you know, obviously uh, very, very racy, but very interesting to learn more about this as someone who does enjoy the experience of fine dining. Uh, Nina, please remind listeners, where can they find you? Yes, you can find the Nina Parker collection at your local Macy's or Macy's online and the Nina Parker on all socials. And apparently at bookstores soon. We're going to push you on that. We're going to push you on that, okay? We're going to put that on the wish list, absolutely. Make sure y'all support. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know it, girlfriend. All right, stick with us throughout the season for more tales of bad eggs, fishy scams, and culinary capers. I'm Sunny Anderson, and this is Food Network's Cooked and Booked. Cooked and Booked is produced by Paradiso Media for Food Network. You can also follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we'd love it if you would take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Let's finish this dish. In December 2004, a French court ruled that Michelin was not guilty of wrongful dismissal when it fired Pascal Remy for writing a book full of alleged company secrets. Pascal was ordered to pay 2,000 euros in costs. However, the court did dismiss Michelin's demand that the former inspector pay 100,000 euros in damages for denigrating the company's name. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.